The Odell Beckham Jr. Baker Mayfield relationship was always going to be a combustible one. Team's lack of success certainly led to it blowing up. We talked a little bit about Deshaun Watson and how the shift in the Browns' offense is not going to be as great to the passing side of the ball as many think. And with all of that being said, training camp this summer is going to have a different vibe with Deshaun Watson and the possibility of some people there with different intentions as far as being fans of training camp practices. All that and more, your latest Lockdown Browns, your hosts, Jeff Lloyd and Garrett Bush. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound LGB on the LOB, the Lockdown Browns podcast, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, your host, Garrett Bush, at G Bush 91 part of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, 92.3, the fan with the barbershop. We appreciate everybody makes Lockdown Browns their first listen every day. Whether it's your favorite podcast platform, make sure you leave those five-star ratings and written reviews and subscribe. And, of course, on YouTube, the growth has been fantastic. As I mentioned yesterday, network is pleased. We are pleased. But that does not mean we are certainly by any means satisfied. Let's get those numbers up. Make sure you subscribe to the Lockdown Browns podcast on YouTube. As Garrett you mentioned here kind of in the opening, um, the friction and, you know, it seems – if it seems really right off the bat, first off, Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa and Greg Newsom, these guys are pretty tight. It almost seems like everything they kind of do, they are a team. Um, somewhere down the line, I wouldn't be surprised we see a little uh, G-New and J-O-K uh, maybe finding some times on the airwaves themselves together. Um, they sat down for a podcast, you know, talked about a number of things here, and they kind of opened up a little bit. Now, keep in mind, they are only on the defensive side of the ball, so maybe not the entire full story. But the friction and the relationship, of course, between Odell Beckham Jr. and Baker Mayfield, where it currently stands now, is obviously the Browns didn't choose anybody. Um, they basically are moving on from both of them. Um, where does that lie in the future? We'll certainly see about that. Um, but And this was going to be one of the things when you brought Odell Beckham Jr. here just from jump. Look, 2018 – what was the storyline of this team? There were some really good young players. Maybe you finally had your quarterback. And to his credit, and they're both, look, there's no way of beating around the bush here. They're both kind of egomaniacs, different ways maybe in being egomaniacs. Um, but if you want to talk about what was the storyline of 2018, it was Baker Mayfield becoming, you know, maybe the Browns savior at the quarterback position. We all know how it went, took over for an injured Tyrod uh, Taylor in the week three Thursday night game, turned around, led the Browns to victory. All of a sudden, this team went from the laughing stock to a team that may basically go out and maybe win a game any given week against any given opponent. So you made the move for Odell in 2019. And everybody was on board at the time in 2019. Odell was on board. Baker was on board. They really thought this was going to be something between the two of them. We all know how 2019 went. And what happens in a situation like that? The fingers come out. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Now, all of a sudden, people were questioning Baker Mayfield's play. From Baker Mayfield's standpoint, hey, I was getting it done last year with Bashard Perriman, 
Rashad Higgins and a whole bunch of people y'all never heard of. Odell, hey, look, my numbers were still decent. You know, the quarterback's numbers weren't so great. You know, if he was better, maybe my numbers would have been better, blah, blah, blah. You get to 2020. Um, you know, Odell goes down. Breaker leads this team to a playoff win. What's the storyline again? Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. He's, look, it looks to be the goods here. Now, what happened in 2021? You started off strong against the Kansas City Chiefs. Game that Browns should have e could have easily won, but did not. But people were still satisfied with the effort the Browns put out and thought 2021 was still heading the right direction. You win in week two. Baker gets injured that week. Odell comes back week three. Started pretty strong. I think Odell was like seven for 81, something in that nature. So it looked good. But then all of a sudden, wasn't working. So now you have the finger pointing going on again. So, Garrett, this was tough because th there was always the possibility for these two to find a way to blow up. But if it went on a nice run where this team was successful three, four years in a row, it would have worked. But you had two guys in the room who basically needed to be the man. And if you weren't a winning ball club, it, it, it just, it, there was going to be a, a lot of, you know, basically flame up basically where all it needed was a drop match or somebody put a cigarette by and you know th that's the thing about uh, a quarterback that is is as volatile as baker mayfield usually you wouldn't see um some of this go on usually there's receivers and you, usually the quarterback is mild-mannered you know eli manning was able to deal with it a little better than um baker mayfield because eli manning is just He's just pedestrian. He's not going to say anything too crazy. He's not too up, not too down. And that's always the thing that I always thought about. And it's just not, it doesn't need, I'm not putting the whole thing on Baker. But when people used to say he plays with a chip on his shoulder, at some point, um, that's not conducive to winning football games. You know, that's like, you know, you, you got looked over for the last position at your other job. You go to a new job and instead of trying to meet with your coworkers and, and figure out how you, you can have a nice, better start than your other job. You come in with a chip on your shoulder. They're like, man, who's this new guy, man? Who's the new guy in accounting? That guy seems to be a jerk, man. Like, he doesn't sit any with, with anybody at the cafeteria table. I try to introduce myself at the water cooler. He's looking at me like, man, if you don't stop talking to me, I'm trying to – I got an ax to grind at the last accounting. Like, it don't make sense, right? So, for me, I always thought, like, as a quarterback – got to be even killed you got to be able to be a good politician you got to be able to be a good motivator and most of all you got to get people to rally around mm -hmm. you so to me uh i always said this where baker went wrong was he should have kept odell beckham jr on his team at all costs and you know what it could have happened at the end of, at the end of this year we'd be talking about odell beckham jr being the scapegoat and not baker but when odell beckham jr got moved out it's kind of those one things where we're playing a process of elimination. Well, let's get rid of OBJ and figure out what the problem is. The next shoe that fell was, is the quarterback the problem? And so, as you can see, they, people ask, how did it turn that quickly? And I said, well, it turned that quickly when, when you get rid of somebody and you thought that was the problem, but that, that person goes out and performs well and wins the Super Bowl. Now that all the spotlight is on you, like, well, maybe it was you. And it's the same thing this year. Baker's gone. Now the next person up is Kevin Stefanski. Well, we got you a quarterback. Well, you're going to call the plays right? What are we doing here? Right? So every time it's a process of elimination before you get up to the top of the food chain, you know, 
I'm not surprised that, you know, that they, these guys came out and said they didn't like each other or uh, other teammates, but it does show, you know, how the insight into a locker room where you got two guys that can be fun guys on their own. They can be respectable teammates on their own individually, but together it's just like, mm, it just don't mix. See, between the two of them though, they always wanted to be regarded as, you know, top dog, great players. And to both of their credit, both of these guys were great in the locker room with 51, I'm sorry, 51 other players. Um, you know, Odell back to his days in the New York Giants. Once he blew up, I remember there was a time, um, you know, he had signed an endorsement deal with Beats by Dre. And part of his thing was, is, well, you're going to send 53 of them. You know, I want them personalized. I want numbers on them. It ain't just about me. I want one for everybody in the locker room. And Odell has always been that way, whether it's been shoe endorsement deals. Um, he's been a generous, giving teammate. Um, you know, We've heard, obviously, all players speak about him as just the generalness of the teammate, the generalness of his wealth, taking care of his teammates, taking care of his friends, just being a good person. Baker, we know these things as well. Obviously, we go back to 2020. There was the um, and everybody knows Zabo Apparel. I'm great friends with the, the folks over there. They were close with, you know, a Browns fan who at the time was, you know, in the final stages of passing away from cancer. Yep. Took him, Emily Mayfield, sat in the box with them. They gave the guy basically, um, you know, it's the make, basically like the make-a-wish package for an adult here as he was, you know, going through his final days. Even to the point where Baker and Emily Mayfield drove him home from the game. So you had two guys who were very, very similar, but – you know, at the end of the day, I think it's probably a little bit more Baker as far as, you know, I need to be the man. And look, that's not truly necessarily a fault because that kind of goes in part with the quarterback position. Odell's actions put him in a position where a lot of teammates viewed him as the man. And, and that's what made for a difficult time. So when things didn't work so well, and for Baker, look, every time this guy is on the field, we have a hard time finding success. I have a hard time finding success. So I can understand it from Baker's standpoint. But when the Browns made that move last year, and with Baker being as injured as he was, and Baker, the continuing of you know bad play, poor play, shoulder injury, certainly a factor, not denying that one. So Odell was taken out of the equation, and things, I guess at that point, got even worse on the field, to be honest. So it made for obviously a really, really bad situation. It made to the point where the Browns have made these power moves that they have moving on. Um, you know, and obviously a lot of this comes around to the talk. Would Odell possibly come back? Here's the thing. I think Odell is going to sit out probably somewhere into the early to mid, maybe even the late fall. Because A, number one, why am I going to come back in a situation where it may not be great? So, I mean, Odell goes to a team that doesn't look, you know, or maybe looks promising now. But all of a sudden, by the time maybe he's ready to maybe actually take some snaps, teams two and four, two and five. So what am I risking this for? Am I risking, you know what I'm saying? Maybe they have younger players. So I think Odell is in no hurry to sign anywhere. I think it's going to be one of those things maybe where mid to late October around Halloween where we start hearing that so-and-so has interest in Odell Beckham Jr. This team where Odell basically becomes that, you know, that deadline deal for somebody, hey, we're going to get him in here. And guess what? If I can get Odell Beckham Jr. for 20 snaps a week, who else has got that as a third or fourth wide receiver? And this is where all these conversations stem from. But you had two, two great teammates, great personalities, explosive personalities, big personalities who will kind of really always want to spotlight on themselves. And if it doesn't go to succeed, 
There was no way it was going to work. And for Coach Stefanski, for Coach Andrew Berry, we're about to sink our own battleships over these two guys. So in the end, basically, what did they do? They chose themselves and let the other two guys go. Basically, what you're saying, peace out, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Moved him right on out. We got other things we're going to get to here. Um, I think everybody's uh, looks at Deshaun Watson's final season with the Houston Texans and maybe has some delusions of grandeur about this Browns offense in 2022. We'll get to all that here. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, Garrett Bush, taking you through a Friday Locked On Browns. And also, folks, National Donut Day. Get your butt on it. Folks, over at BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from crafting the custom engagement ring of her dreams to getting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Build the engagement ring of her dreams to celebrate life's special moments with fine jewelry. No matter what you're looking for, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Lockdown Sports listeners get $50 off their purchases of $50 or more. This podcast exclusive, exclusive includes engagement rings as well. Use the promo code, all caps, no space, locked on. Again, locked on. Every order is insured. It ships free and arrives in a discreet package that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever, for your forever peace at BlueNile.com today. Locked on Browns podcast, G. Bush in the building, Jeff Lloyd in the building. Make sure you go follow us at G. Bush 91, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Please follow. You can follow the Locked on Browns podcast as well on, 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 um, on Twitter as well. And like Jeff said earlier, hey, shout out to you guys, man. We're moving up, slowly creeping up to, to our goal. We're trying to get 1,000 subscribers. You know, right now we're in the high sixes. So shout out to you guys for continually supporting us on whatever app or, or whatever, you know, application or whatever platform we are on. Uh, make sure you still continue to go download uh, our podcast on everywhere. Uh, you can find your podcast or wherever you download your podcast. And be sure to get hit to the YouTube game, man. We're going to definitely be having uh, more as we go along. Season's going to be coming up. This is going to be your one-stop shop for everything, uh, including Cleveland Browns daily. So make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you know when we drop our videos. Uh, Jeff, you, you just mentioned this a little bit ago. Um, Deshaun Watson, you know, the last time we saw Deshaun Watson, he had thrown for 5,000 yards or something, 40-plus touchdowns. And, and, you know, when you look at it, people kind of get, you know, energetic. They start salivating at the mouth like, wow, you when's the last time the Browns threw for 5,000 yards? When is the <laughs> last 4, time? 4,000. 4,000, right? 3,500. 3,500 is good. So we got all these different things going on right now. And, man, people are looking at Deshaun Watson. Amari Cooper is one of the better receivers they've had since 1999. Go check that out. We got an Amari Cooper video, and we asked that same question, and we answered that question. Is Amari Cooper one of the best receivers since the Browns have returned? Check that out um, as well on our playlist. But, you know, you got those two guys. You just signed in Joku, who you think is going to be uh, much improved. So the Cleveland Browns right now have a lot of weapons throwing the ball. They think they can be dangerous in the air. But I just noticed some little tidbit. Uh, Alex Van Pelt said, you know, Deshaun does some really great things with his arms and his legs. He's a spectacular athlete. But at the end of the day, 
this is the Cleveland Browns are a run first team. And it and it hit me like boom. Man, don't get it twisted. The best part of this team, the best part of the Cleveland Browns is the fact that they got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, the offensive line, and this run game. It's run, 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 run. We'll set that up to set up the pass. We'll get the screen game going. But for a lot of people, uh, don't don't be misconstrued. Don't get it twisted. And don't be alarmed when the Cleveland Browns come out, even with Deshaun Watson or Jacoby Brissett, or even unfor- even if, jo- if Dobbs have to, has to play. Unfortunately, we're going to still be <laughs> handing the ball off to, to Dearness Johnson will get carries, Chubb and Hunter get carries, and we got a rotation of backs that just keep coming. That is the bread and butter of the Cleveland Browns. Get ready for it. When you are a coach and you get to the point where Coach Kevin Stefanski is as head coach of the Cleveland Browns, it's because of your system and your belief in your system. The reason the Browns chose to upgrade at the quarterback position like they have is Their system, they believe, makes for a lot of friendly quarterback throws. We saw a lot of these last year, some of the open receivers that Baker wasn't pulling the trigger on for whatever reason or another. And even if they were shorter completion, I mean, shorter routes, and Baker was trying to go for the longer ones. Coach Stefanski is basically saying, look, man, it's, it's first and 10. I'll take the five, six yards on the short drag over the middle. We'll huddle it up and we'll go from there. Put me in second and 10 makes it a little bit more of a difficult situation. The forced interceptions, they figure those numbers are going to come down because all you got to do is drill into Deshaun Watson. Hey, if this play is called this way, this defense is appearing in front of you, you've got two options, there or there. Yes, there's five guys out on the route, but you're not really even going to need to look at those other three because we have schemed this is – if this is the defense you're seeing, this is the alignment you are seeing, you know where your first read, your second read. And for Coach Stefanski, those should be the open ones. We ain't got to check down to three. We ain't got to check down to four. We ain't got to dump one into the flat to whatever running back is in the field. That's not the way it's going to work. Yes, Deshaun Watson, now you look at it, of course, you know, almost 5,000 yards in 2020, his final season in Houston, his final season playing up until this point. They lost a boatload of football games. So the Browns are saying, we aren't going to lose a boatload of football games. So this offense is not going to ride on the right arm of Deshaun Watson. It's going to ride on a, I'd say, probably 40% of the running game. And also what the Browns feel is, is we're going to throw when we need to throw. You look at a game like last year against the Cincinnati Bengals. Browns went in there, beat the daylights out of them. Guess what? By third quarter? I'm not really calling passing plays anymore unless it's third down. I'm churning clock. I've got Nick. Guess what? I can give him three, four, five carries in a row. Okay, guess what? We don't have to throw a ball now. Hey, Nick, come on over. Get a drink. Kareem, I'm going to give you three, four. And guess what? With Kareem, maybe you can do it a little differently. Maybe you can say, all right, well, you know, we're going to four, but you know, we can always throw him one. We can run a stream. And guess what? Even then, you can run out whatever running back's going to be run of three, whether it's the Ernst, whether it's Jerome Ford. And the other thing, it's about rewarding the, the offensive lineman. If they do a great job at pass pro, the best part for the Browns is saying, Joe Batonio, wide teller. Okay, you guys did your job. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now pull, go annihilate some guys who weigh 225, 230, knock them into the seats. Wyatt teller, take your flying leap like you come off the ropes in WWE. You know, get your revenge <laughs> on somebody, you know, for the gut shots you take when you're playing in the line. You're not going to change your scheme because you upgraded at the quarterback. Is the amount of t- pass plays that you call maybe going to take an uptick? Most certainly. 
But the bread and butter of this is still going to be this offensive line. It's still going to be this running game. And you want to have a nice mixture of it with the play action. You get to the point where the Browns are getting in positions four minute oh. One of Avery's four minute oh. I've got the ball. I've got the lead. I've got the better offensive line. I've got the better running backs. It's over. It, this is over. We're going to take this four minutes. And guess what? We're going to get two first downs, pack it up, get on out of here. So I know everybody. And again, like we talk this all the time, you know, for the last couple of years. Oh, what Browns players look good in fantasy? None. Running backs. Those are Browns players you want in fantasy. Deshaun Watson, it, you know, people view him as one of the top elite players at the position of the quarterback position. But if you have any delusions of grandeur that the numbers that you saw in 2020 are going to come here and he's going to be in the area of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, it's not going to happen. It's not what the system calls for. And certainly with the extension of Nick Chubb, that tells you that they are not going to just all of a sudden say we are a passing team. A, you play in the Northeast. The winds in Cleveland, even in October when the weather's favorable, can get crazy out of control. So don't expect this offense to change you know, basically on its premise. It's still going to be done the same way it's always been done. You're just going to hopefully get lesser, less amount of mistakes out of your quarterback. That was the point in upgrading the quarterback position. Totally agree. Totally agree. I think uh, the Browns will be a, a team that can can do both. Um, and, and when you could do both, we always know play action is devastating. You know, I like to say, man, it's like mixed fruit. You don't know what you're going to get, man. You get you some pears, apricots, some cherries. <laughs> you don't know what it's going to be in the spoonful. So that's what the Browns offense will be. And I'm looking forward to seeing it this year. And there is one other caveat, of course, to this is number four is one of the better runners of the football at the quarterback position in the NFL. So that is also one more ad for Coach Stefanski, which has got to be a nice little addition to get into his pocket whenever Deshaun Watson starts taking snaps for the Cleveland Browns. We're going to close it out here. Training camp. Um, it's probably going to be a different one this year for the Browns for several reasons. And we're going to see. And we're going to ask you. We'll see. Ask for some feedback when it comes through after the show posts. What are your feelings? Do you Are you interested in training camp this year? Do you not want to hear maybe some of the things that are going to be said? We'll see. All that and more. Your latest Lockdown Browns. G. Bush, Jeff Lloyd up in this. BetOnline.net. You guys know them. Obviously, one of our favorite sponsors, one of our most loyal sponsors. They are your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's NBA Finals, the NHL Conference Finals, MLB Baseball, and of course, the latest fight news from MMA and UFC and two boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Back on the Locked On Browns podcast, man. We've got one more to go. Uh, earlier, we talked a little bit about what the offense is going to look like. Also got into the saga of Odell Beckham Jr. and Baker Mayfield. It's the song that never ends. It's kind of like the ending <laughs> of our uh, show, right? <laughs> Right. So, you know, for for what for me, when I used to grow up, um, going to preseason was a thing. Um, I, I remember they giving out free tickets. And for a lot of people who were under a certain uh, in a certain economic situation, you know, my dad, um, we had three boys, um, me and my mom, my, my three brothers, five people in the family total. So, you know, get driving up to Cleveland and getting tickets 
was just like something that wasn't, you know, that, that wasn't something as conducive uh, as we would have liked it to. So we, we did go to some, um, some Indians games back in the day because the tickets were cheaper. Uh, also, <laughs> they, were, they would pay you to come. <laughs> yeah, we, you just pull up in there and they was giving them things away. Um, but one of the places that they did take us was we, we did go to some preseason games and um, we also went to some training camps. So for me, training camp was really cool because back then it was two days. So you you saw guys two practices. They was out there hitting much more physical contact, much more energy. Uh, you know, it was it was much more of a simulated game than it is now. With the collective bargaining, um, those guys are doing glorified shorts for you know one of the practices and the next practice they may not even have helmets on the whole time. But you know, just interested out there. You know, for me. You know, I think back in the day, mid '90s, uh, late not early 2000s, uh, training camp was a thing. Um, now, I don't know so much. I don't know. You know, I was out there to to cover uh, training camp for 92 through the fan, and it just seemed like there was a little more subdued. It wasn't much, and then COVID happened, and there was nobody there. So, um, as we speak now, I, I think they're still letting people in. They might have to be under some restrictions, but um, and from your standpoint, Jeff. Um, what interest level do you have in your family have on, um, attending a Browns practice? So for me, you know, I, I think you're going to, this is where it's going to be weird. Cause you know, obviously we have no way of knowing what the percentage amount is, but you have certainly a portion of this fan base that wants to go, wants to go see their new franchise quarterback. But in the same respect, and you're going to have people who are going to go and they're going to want to see your new franchise quarterback, but are they going to be going with negative intentions? Obviously, you know what I'm saying? There are a lot of people who are voicing their opinion on Deshaun Watson and everything that's going on off the field. So for those who were there to just truly enjoy it and watch their team and see where they're at and certainly see Amari Cooper for the first time, see David Bell for the first time, um, you appreciate the fact that, you know, Nick Chubb is now an extended player. Denzel Ward is now an extended player who's going to be around for a long time as well. The return, you know, not the return, but obviously the continuing of the relationship with Jadavian Clowney. It makes for a difficult situation because of the fact that you have people who might be there with the wrong intentions. And I'm not saying it's it's not allowed. I mean, everybody should be entitled to their opinion, you know, but now security maybe is going to have to deal with things like this, which could just make for an overall, you know, negative feel to it. But that's where the aspect comes in. And, you know, maybe not for my kids who are 14 and 15 years old, what about the seven and eight year old kids, you know, who just, you know, this is what they want to go see. Like you talked about it, Garrett, when you were young, you know, you, you just want to go see your team and maybe seven or eight year old kids don't truly understand exactly the situation that is going Sean Watson, but this should be something that is spoiled for them. This might be the one thing they get to do Browns wise this summer. You know, their families may not be able to afford to take them to a game or they may have parents who work six jobs and say, look, I can't devote hours on a Sunday to drive an hour and a half to Cleveland, spend three plus hours at the game, spend an hour and a half driving home. So it's a difficult situation. And I, you know, that's, that's the part that's really going to be weird about this year's training camp because there's a ton of excitement about it as far as just the on field product. And now keep in mind, they've seen Jeremiah Uskormo. They haven't seen Greg Newsom. Um, haven't seen Grant Delpit. I mean, this is how long we're talking about, you know, folks being away from this. So, it, 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 you know, from that standpoint, I, I hate it, uh, you know, for young kids. I hate it for the fans who are just there to see the football side of it. You know, you know, we'll see. I mean, I know you're going to be out there some. 
Um, you know, I'm trying to te- tweak my schedule to maybe finally get out to Ohio to, you know, get a little bit deeper into this coverage. But as far as, you know, what folks want to see this year in training camp, there are plenty of people who are interested, but certainly, and it's going to be a different feel because nobody's been there in a while. But there are going to be, you know, there's going to be some hecklers. There might be some people sneaking in some signs. And, you know, for me, that's where it's difficult because, you know, love of sports is something I've always had. I don't want a situation where we get a young kid in there who's just trying to enjoy his Cleveland Browns team that he loves. And he's hearing some things that maybe aren't ready for a seven or an eight-year-old's ears, eight-year-old's ears, Garrett. I, I agree. Uh, I, I think they'll do, to me, I think they'll do a good job of keeping them out. I think those guys, I don't think they may, they're they going to let uh, – that's the good thing about preseason because you're doing it uh, on, in training camp. You're doing it on your home turf, right? They have a choice to let you in uh, or not at a practice, right? But they don't really have necessarily have a choice to let you in at a game. If, you, if you're at a game and you want to boo, boo. You want to have a game, they let them bring signs, paper bags. I mean, we've seen any first, class, first case here. So I think they'll do a little better job of, of – of, kind of curtailing some of those things during training camp. And I think they won't l- allow people to become hecklers. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, when you look at it, we'll see how many people show up either way. There is a lot of news and excitement around, the, uh, around the Browns. And I think that's going to be here for the foreseeable future. As long as, um, they continue to, you know, put people around Deshaun Watson. And, um, you know, I, I think the Browns will be good this year. And I think, uh, people will finally have to start talking about what's on the field rather than court cases. And, you know, look, there's going to be a time. And look, you know, somebody, and I, I was dealing with a heckler yesterday on the Lockdown Browns Twitter account. Um, look, there's no, much, there's no more Garrett and I can speak on on this subject. Um, the NFL is going to deal out some discipline at some point. That will be a conversation we're going to have. Um and everybody, oh, well, now, you know, maybe a, 20, a 23rd case, possibly a 24th case. Folks, once we're in the 20s, 21, 22, 23, 24, it don't matter. We all know there is a <laughs> boatload against him. We get it. Like, nobody's denying any of that. But Garrett, myself, the folks at Cleveland Browns Daily, all the folks at WKYC, all the folks at 92.3 The Fan, we have a job. We are paid to cover the Cleveland Browns. 53 players, now close to 90. Coaches, front office. We have to cover every aspect of it. We have paid that the correct amount that it is is due. And nobody's denying the seriousness of all of these allegations. Nobody is. But we can't sit here and talk about the same thing day in, day out. We are not doing our jobs if that is the case that we do. We have to discuss this entire franchise from Jimmy Haslam down to the guy who's filling up the Gatorade bottles at, at practice. That is what we are asked to do. That is the obligation of the job that we are given. I understand it. We all know it's out there. It is the biggest black cloud. It cannot be missed. But we have a job to do, and we are trying to do it as thoroughly as we can. Couldn't have said it better. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better, man. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better, bro. And I'm not. And look, I'm not trying to be negative about it because, like, I mean, in nowhere we poo-pooing the seriousness of the situation in any way whatsoever. Um, but it, it's getting long in the tooth, and you know, it's not giving a lot of players that are on this team the lip service, the airtime that they are due for their positive acts. Um, it's been a heck of a week. Uh, we're going to continue to crush it week in, week out, day in, day out. G. Bush. Not- 
on Garrett Bush. Uh, of course, now full-time as co-host here at Lon Browns. Check him on the barbershop weekends. Obviously, as you get to the summer schedule over at 92.3 The Fan, plenty of opportunities where Garrett's going to be popping in the studio at any given time, so make sure you're checking that out. Of course, the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show where Garrett and the guys – um, you can see now that the camaraderie is building over at the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Um, starting to know each other a little bit better. So, like, you know when somebody starts to go on a line, yep. you can see somebody's ready with the ribbon already. Like, oh, here he goes again. Oh, here he goes again. We ain't going to let this one slide. I do wonder about Jay Crawford and why the George Washington wig automatically auto assumes he's a judge. That's a different one to me. But make sure you check out the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. The guys are killing it over there. Me personally, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The Lockdown Browns Twitter account, at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account wherever you get your podcasts. Five-star ratings, written reviews. Hit that subscribe button. And, of course, now on YouTube. Um, the growth there has been tremendous. We appreciate the support. Um, we ain't going to ask for more, so let's keep those coming. Get those subscriber numbers up. Um, yes, the show is the same here as it is on the audio style, but with YouTube, it's going to give allow us for some creativity, you know, something during the week, uh, or we're waiting on an injury news. So-and-so went down, waiting for the results of an MRI, because it's a chance to pump in here real quick, three, four minutes, give you latest updates, just more and more way for you folks to absorb the best Browns content that we can give you. With all that, have a fantastic week. It's Friday. Go get your game on this weekend. Make sure you get over to Dunkin' or wherever close. Get yourself your free donut for National Donut Day. And with all that being said, folks, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LLB. Let's go Browns.